You are listening to the Today I Found Out podcast, where each weekday we provide an interesting story that is going to feed your brain. You can read more great articles like this by going to todayifoundout.com. Hello and welcome to episode number 235 of the Daily Knowledge Podcast from todayifoundout.com. And in the episode today, you're going to learn about the Statue of Freedom which sits on the US Capitol building. You're going to learn something rather ironic about this statue. There isn't a bonus fact in today's episode, so let's just get started with the show. The Statue of Freedom, sitting atop the dome of the U.S. Capitol building in Washington, D.C., has more alternate names than the obscure half of the Wu-Tang Clan. Over the years, the names attributed to it have ranged from things like freedom triumphant in war and peace to the far simpler armed freedom. However, the one common thread is that the statue is supposed to represent the very spirit of freedom itself. Ironically enough, it was a slave who was integral in assembling it. Lady Freedom stands at just shy of 20 feet and weighs in excess of a scale shattering 15,000 pounds. She carries a sword, a shield, and a laurel wreath. Freedom is a lady you wouldn't want to mess with. Freedom's helmet is also noteworthy. Originally, Thomas U. Walter envisioned a 16-foot-high statue holding a liberty cap, the historic symbol for freed slaves, even sketching designs for such a statue. When Thomas Crawford was commissioned to design a statue to sit atop the dome in 1855, his preliminary sketches and ideas also featured a female figure wearing or holding a liberty cap. Prior to that, however, Crawford had envisioned a much simpler statue of a female figure wearing a wreath and a laurel. However, when Montgomery Meigs, the construction superintendent of the Capitol, sent Crawford plans for the dome, he realized his statue needed to be much bigger. In response, Crawford sketched up plans for yet another female figure carrying the familiar wreath, sword, and shield combo, wearing a liberty cap covered in stars. Upon seeing this design including the symbol for emancipated slaves, future Confederate president and slaveholder Jefferson Davis, the guy overseeing construction, objected to the inclusion of a liberty cap. Davis stated that the liberty cap's history renders it inappropriate to a people who were born free and should not be enslaved. He ordered that the design be changed. For his final idea, Crawford scrapped the liberty cap, as per Davis's request, and instead gave Freedom the eagle-adorned Roman war helmet she wears to this day. As with everything else, the helmet is symbolic. Besides being a symbol of war, its design is reminiscent of the headdress of the Native American people who called America their home first. So, where does a slave come into this? Well, Crawford unexpectedly dropped dead in 1857, just after finishing the full-size plaster model of Freedom. Since Crawford was in Rome, the task of shipping the statue fell to his widow. The statue itself wouldn't get to America until 1859, two years later. On arrival, it was hastily stuck together by an unnamed Italian sculptor so that it could be admired before casting. A year later, in 1860, a local foundry owner and sculptor, Clark Mills, was awarded the contract to turn freedom into a fully-fledged bronze statue. However, there was a small problem. No one knew where the joints in the statue were, as they were concealed by a layer of plaster. Since Crawford was dead, any damage to his statue whatsoever was absolutely out of the question. When Mills approached the Italian sculptor who'd originally assembled and plastered Freedom, the sculptor said he'd happily tell Mills where the joints were, for a price. Although Mills was being paid handsomely for his work, $400 per month, or about $10,000 per month today, and besides that his costs were being footed by the government, he decided to pass up on the Italian sculptor's offer and figure it out on his own. This is where his slave, Philip Reed, came in. 
Reed was one of Mills's most trusted workmen, and after looking at the statue for a few moments, Reed proposed a simple way of finding out where the joints were. The solution he came up with was to attach a rope to the statue's head and very gently pull till the seams were revealed. This worked, and they were able to disassemble the statue without the Italian sculptor's help. Reed didn't just help with finding the joints, he also worked at the foundry where freedom was cast. Due to being a slave, though, Reed was only paid for his working on Sundays. Of course, the government still subsidized Mills for the other six days his slave, Reed, worked. By all accounts, Reed was a talented individual. Due to his skills and work ethic, working 33 Sundays the year the statue was cast, beside the other six days of the week, he managed to earn more than his non-slave co-workers. On those days, he was paid $1.25 per day, about $31.95 today, compared to the $1 a day everyone else was being paid. As far as the documented records indicate, Reed was the only slave working on this particular statue. Reed was also instrumental in the first bronze statue ever cast in the whole of the United States, that of Andrew Jackson riding a horse. As a testament to their ingenuity, Reed and Mills accomplished this without any formal training in bronze casting. In fact, it was the success of this casting that secured Mills the Freedom Commission in the first place. Though he was a slave for much of the time the statue was being designed and cast, when it was finally placed atop the Capitol building on the 2nd of December 1863, Reed was a free man, thanks to Congress passing an act abolishing involuntary servitude in Washington, D.C. Lincoln signed this act on April 16, 1862. When this happened, Mills attempted to get compensation for the loss of Reed from the government, stating, Reed was aged 42 years, mulatto, sick, color, short in stature, in good health, not prepossessing in appearance, but smart in mind, a good workman in a foundry. Mills asked for $1,500, about $34,000 today, but only received $350.40. One of the last pieces of documentation concerning Reed comes from 1865, and it simply says, Mr. Reed, the former slave, is now in business for himself as a plasterer, and highly esteemed by all who know him. We presume they forgot to add, it's about time. You just listened to an episode of the Today I Found Out Daily podcast. Tune in every weekday for another great episode, or find more articles at todayifoundout.com.